Yes, it's number one. It's Top of the Pops. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Robert Smith. I'm Zoe Chase. It's Friday, January 20th. And that was the kinks you heard at the top today in the podcast. How do record labels make money? We look at the biggest success out there. I'll give you a hint. She has a whipped cream bra. That would be Katy Perry. And did she actually make any money for her record label? We're going to do that podcast after our Planet Money Indicator with Jacob Goldstein. Today's Planet Money Indicator, 352,000. 352,000 Americans filed for unemployment insurance for the first time last week. And I'm just going to get right out in front of this and say, this is a very promising number. You know, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm always a little befuddled when I hear this number because... I hear it out there, and I don't know what to judge it by. So I don't know if it's getting better. I don't know if it's getting worse. I don't know. Is, is that a normal amount, 352000 It's not quite as good as, say, great times, but it's not bad. And, and so let's just do some context here, right? In, in really good economic times, when unemployment is very low, this number, this weekly initial claims for unemployment, it's around 300,000. Oh, and this is yeah. a lot of people filing for that's unemployment every week. Right. It's the churn because every week, hundreds of thousands of people are also getting new jobs, right? So we're at 350,000 now, not ideal, but we were over 400,000 for a long time. In the worst part of the recession, we were up above 600,000. So 350,000, not only is it getting better, it's getting pretty close to good. Oh, I got to stop you there because that is as good as it gets with you, Jacob. Thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, guys. On to the podcast. Before we turn to economics, let's just spend a moment appreciating the art, the art of the Top 40 song. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. course, is Katy Perry. And she had a great year last year. I mean, she was on the radio all the time. She went to number one five times off one album. She's the first person that's done that since Michael Jackson. Like, that was quite a successful year. And she is this perfect experiment, really, for looking at the economics of the record business, which is just simply, if you cannot make money off of Katy Perry with the kind of year she had, if you can't make money off of her, then you are doomed. You will never be able to make money. So today, we are going to look at Katy Perry, and we're going to look at some numbers. So knowing what I know about the music industry, knowing what we all know, which is basically that it's in the crapper, I was like, let me just ask the record label, did you guys make a profit? So I walked over there. It's in Manhattan. It's like 20 blocks away. She's on Capitol. It's under EMI. And I met Greg Thompson, a record executive. I know it was an expensive record and pushing out the singles was expensive. Did you guys end up in the black? Did you recoup? As far as I know, yes. Wait, wait. I want you to stop this right here because this is crazy. He says, as far as I know, uh, if you would ask the record exec for Michael Jackson, who Katy Perry tied his record, if you would ask that record executive, that guy was bathing in champagne. He had boatloads of money coming in. And now these days you ask the record exec at Katy Perry's label and he's like, "Eh, as far as I know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. How do you not know? (laughs) No, I believe we did. Look, he's answering like this for two reasons. One, This is the record industry. Of course, they're secretive about the numbers and the pricing. Like, that makes sense. But 
Also, Robert, it's actually very, very complicated to figure out how these record labels are making money, even off a superstar like that. So we're just going to do this on our own right now. Okay. Okay. He's not going to lay it out for us. We're just going to figure it out. Okay. Now, there is one thing that we do know because it's public information. That is how many records and how many songs Katy Perry sold. Now, I have the numbers here. Katy Perry sold 2 million albums, which is pretty good. And 24 million individual songs that can you download on iTunes for 99 cents. So if you do the calculations, just the top of the head calculations, that comes out to $44 million, which is huge. Yes, it is. But the record label doesn't get $44 million. Yeah, I understand. Okay. We're going to start with the $44 million, and then we're just going to start taking money away. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, let's do a little demonstration here. All right. Here's how we're, here's how we're going to play it. You're going to be the record label. Okay. Okay. And then let's just say Caitlin, our producer, she bought a Katy Perry track on iTunes. Okay. Okay. So here is one song's worth of change. 99 cents on iTunes. Look at that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, Robert, yes. you're the record label. Okay. Um, let me but- take all my 99 cents. Yeah. Remember I said iTunes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Apple, you know, takes about a 30% cut. So give me like 30. There's 30 of them, more (laughs) or less. Sure. You know, Apple is pretty fastidious about these kind of things, but (laughs) I'll um, I'll just take it. Okay, so 70 cents is left over. No, that's not how it works. Give me, I need the artist royalty now as well. So that would be about, say Katy Perry has a 15% royalty. Give me 15 cents. Okay. Now, the, that seems totally fair. Katy Perry sang it. Mm-hmm. She needs to have her eyebrows done. And coconut so, water. Yeah, coconut water. So, um, Right. And also, about 30 cents more goes to the songwriters, right? You know, the people that wrote lines like this. Summer after high school when we first met, we make out in your Mustang to Radiohead. Okay, the, the Mustang and the Radiohead is a nice touch. Oh, it's a good line. They deserve the money. Okay. Um, and, you know, Katy Perry gets a little bit of that, too, because she, um, she wrote on that song as well. You know, when I hear these big stars say that they wrote on the songs, I just assume, and I mean, this is terrible, but I just assume they, they write stuff like this part of the song. doesn't say who wrote what, okay? Don't be a hater about it. Okay. If her name is on as a writer, she gets what are called publishing rights. Okay, I'm just being stingy because I'm playing the label here. So basically right. what you have left me with off of that 99-cent song is about 25 cents on the dollar. That's which, about right. Which does not sound – that doesn't sound bad to me. 25 cents on the dollar works out, if we go back to the numbers of albums and mm-hmm. singles that we sold, to about $10 million. So that's not bad. Yeah. $10 million, that's a nice number. But what about the costs? Ah, uh, yes. Right? So I asked Katy Perry's label about that EMI. This is what they said. We invested substantially to make a great record. In record industry speak, invested substantially sounds like this is going to cost me a lot of money, a lot of my 25 cents here. Yes, it will. You have correctly understood record label speak. We're just going to visit a couple costs. And to help me out with this, I called an entertainment lawyer, Andy Tabble. I mean, I've represented a number of superstars over the years. Such from as? From Cool J to Mary J. Blige to The Cure. It's okay. I think it's Arrested the Development. I remember them. Guar. <laughs> Guar. Do you know who Guar is? No. Why are you laughing? 
Guar is this band of guys who dress up like space aliens, and and they basically spew liquids all over the all over the people. Okay, at the well, concerts. Guar needs a lawyer. I guess and Guar that needs a lawyer. Andy all right, I totally trust this guy. What does he have to say about Katy Perry? All right, the first expense would be the album itself, right? How much did it cost to record Teenage Dream? One point five million, perhaps even up to two million. Why so expensive, right? We'll look at this track. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. That's Snoop Dogg. He's pricey. And there's the production underneath. That's the sound of the top producers in the business, Dr. Luke and Max Martin. Okay, so I can I can see how that kind of talent adds up. Uh, what else What else is going to cost me here? Well, remember, a hit song is not a hit song until it's on the radio. New York's new hit music channel. Spots on Top 40 Radio are very competitive. So I went downtown, I went to 92.3, and I met up with the program director there, Rob Wagman. And remember, five of Katy Perry's songs were in the top spot last year. And that means that they played something like... 19 times a day, which is quite ridiculous, but that's the strategy of programming. And when I walked into Rob's office, there was this giant painting of Katy Perry hanging on the wall. Wait a minute, and the label had to pay for that? Yeah, the label sent it to him. She's, she's, you know, it's the album cover. She's naked, wrapped in cotton candy. And it's like a huge painting. They must have sent out hundreds of these. I must have sent out. If I'm being the record company, this must have cost me. Yeah. They hired painters. They sent out paintings. <laughs> they usually send that out before the next single. The labels spend a lot of money on independent promoters is the term. And independent promoters basically sell the songs to radio. They do it however they can, in sketchy ways, in totally above board ways. And the top 40 stations, they test the records and they test the records and they play the records if the songs test well. So getting your song played on the radio is expensive and marketing your song is expensive. Okay, 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 okay. So if I'm playing the record company here, I had $10 million. Mm -hmm. What is all this stuff going to cost me? The oil paintings, the promotion. (laughs) What is this going to cost me out of my profits? Right. It's too complicated to get into sort of who's assuming what cost. But if you you sort of add it up, net it out, I'm going to say it costs you at least $2 million. (sighs) So we're going to pull that $2 million away Okay, let me give you some more of those pennies. So at this point, it looks like I can say, as a record company, I have made $8 million. I started out with $44 million came in, and now I have $8 million. $8 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem here? I'm not going to say that $8 million isn't a lot of money. But as a business for a giant record company conglomerate, this does not sound like a hugely successful product. And and we have to remember, we're talking about Katy Perry, someone who is sort of a once-in-a-generation artist who did this amazing thing, who had all these hits. I know. You want hits in this business, right? You yeah. got hits. This is this exactly is, what they hits. dream about. When they plan on the best possible scenario, Katy Perry is that scenario. Right. And yet, at the end of the day, the EMI execs have to go into some boardroom and say, oh, we, we made $8 million. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. There's got to be another way that record companies could get some more of this money. I know. I mean, the, this is the thing that's funny about it. Okay, first of all, yes, there is a little bit more money that you can squeeze out of these songs, okay. right? When they show up in movie trailers, commercials, those are licensing. The record label gets some of that. But, I mean, we said the song plays 19 times a day on the radio, right? The record label doesn't get that. Katy Perry went on tour. She toured all summer. It was a really successful tour. She did great. She 
brought in tens of millions of dollars in revenue. The record label doesn't get any of that. And the merchandising, the Katy Perry T-shirts and little little bows. No, and, the record label yeah. doesn't get any of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because remember they used to actually make money off music sales, right? People used to actually go buy records. They used to really make a lot of money there. And this is not news, what we're talking about to the record labels, right? They've been worried about this since the internet showed up, okay? (laughs) They've been planning for what to do when people stopped buying music. And so what they've done is they've developed this new kind of deal. It's a record deal, but it's structured really differently than the record deal that Katy Perry's on. Ah, so the next time there's a Katy Perry or someone like her, right. there are ways that record companies can make even more money. Yeah. So to explain this, I talked to this guy, Glenn Norlinger, and he's the business manager of groups like the Jonas Brothers. He does negotiations with these new kind of record deals all the time. The interesting aspect of the music industry that everybody's completely aware of is there aren't that many industries in this world where you develop a product whether it's a cereal, a toothpaste, or a great record, you spend a lot of money researching it, developing it, and then marketing it. And then you walk away from virtually every potential revenue stream that that product generates other than retail sales. They didn't used to care about the touring revenue, the merchandising revenue, because they made so much money selling records. Yeah, before the internet, sure. Like, why would you care about these little tiny things on the side when basically you had this easy way to make money, yeah. which is pawning off albums and CDs? Yeah. And the profits of an artist, Norlinger says, they used to break down like this. Record sales, publishing, those are those songwriters' rights, the touring revenue, and then the merchandise revenue. That was how it used to be. But today, in the internet age, when people can get their music whenever they want, however they want it, it's the exact opposite revenue structure. You've heard of Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga? I have daughters. <laughs> You're also a fan. Don't lie to me. <laughs> True. They may do $100 million, $150, $200 million of tour revenue. Uh, somebody like Justin Bieber would then do about 30 to $50 million in merch. This is amazing figures that he's giving here because we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. When I was that pretend record company, I made $8 million. I know. I see dollar signs in your eyes. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, he says artists like these, they do turn 3 to $4 million in record sales. Maybe 6 maybe 7 But who cares? It's pennies relative to the touring revenue that's going to be generated today. So the record labels have figured out how to get a piece of all these revenue sources, and it's called the 360 deal. The 360 deal means, of course, that the record label gets a little piece of everything the artist does. So they get a piece of the tour. They get a piece of the commercial. They get a piece of the merchandising, like, you know, the Justin Bieber singing toothbrush, whatever. They get some of that. They get the songwriting money that I told you the label was cut out of before. They get it. So in in this scenario, if a record label is getting a little bit of everything, like the record sales are basically the last thing they worry about. Yeah, music sales. That's the least significant part of what they do. Well, to take this back to Katy Perry, the subject of our podcast, what the heck was EMI <laughs> thinking? Like, why did they bank everything on album sales when they should have had this new kind of 360 deal? I mean, this is the way the record business has been structured for decades. It's very hard to undo it. And I don't know why EMI couldn't get a 360 deal with Katy Perry. When I asked people, they just shrugged and told me she probably has a good lawyer. 
So the moral of this exercise for me mm-hmm. is that next time we do this, I don't want to play the record company. I want to play Katy Perry because, number one, I get all the money. And number two, I get to work on my next album and make an even better deal for myself. She's clearly the winner in all of this. But the record label, what can we say about EMI? Well, EMI, they couldn't be doing worse. Like, they're shutting their doors. They're getting broken up and sold off to the last remaining record label standing. There's only three major music labels left here. There's Universal Music Group, there's Warner, and there's Sony. And you wouldn't even maybe call them record labels at this point. A better word for these companies might just be promotional conglomerates around artists, since the last thing they do is sell music. We love hearing from you, so send us an email at planetmoney at npr.org. And when you're done listening to Planet Money, go on over to the This American Life podcast, because this week is a special collaboration between Planet Money and This American Life. It's a show all about the crisis in Europe. Everything you wanted to know about the horror show that is the European economy, you will learn on This American Life. That's this week, also on public radio stations. I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Robert Smith. Thanks for listening. Just got to number one.